Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. I want to start out today's service with a quote. A quote by Anne Lamott, who um, actually that quote, those of you who receive our inspirational texts, you actually got that quote yesterday. And it says, almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, <laughs> including you. <laughs> and it is so true that unplugging for a few minutes is so important for us as human beings as well, but also for us as spiritual beings. The ability to unplug and to sink in and to, to um, dive into the truth of who and what we are is really important. Now, over the past few weeks, we've talked about Lent and the desert stories, and we talked about a lot of the spiritual practices and how important it is and all that. And a couple of weeks ago, I thought, you know, everything is so damn serious, isn't it? This spiritual stuff, like you can't get away with it unless you're really doing it, right? And so there's a serious to it, and I thought, let's break this up today. Let's do something different today. Let's show that spirituality can be light, can be joyful, and can be something that we want to integrate in our lives. So I'm going to do something completely new. As you know, I'm not the one to be known as knowing or sharing a lot of jokes. Um, my heritage shows more of like a stiff nature than necessarily a joyful nature. It's, by the way, it's all there. It's just very hidden. <laughs> and only those who know me very well know that, that I have a very cheeky side about me. So we're bringing that a little bit out, hopefully, today. And I thought we could talk about some of the major topics that we are concerned about during Lent and in general, such as faith. And so I want to start with a story. An elderly lady who was well known in her community and her boldness about talking about her spirituality, um, she would stand out in front of her porch and she would go, bless you, Lord, and say it out loud multiple times whenever she felt about it. But she had a neighbor who was an atheist. And whenever she went out and said, bless the Lord, he will go out on his own porch and said, there ain't no God. <laughs> so this would go on for years and years and years. And eventually that lady um, got a little bit into trouble, um, financially speaking, and, you know, wasn't really know, didn't know where food would come from and all that. So she would do what she would always do. She would have a you know, trust in her faith in God, and she would say, praise the Lord, God, I need you, I'm having a hard time, please, please, Lord, send me some groceries. And sure enough, the next morning, when the lady woke up and got out the door, 
there were a couple of bags of groceries right then and there. And she looked up and said, praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for providing for me. And the neighbor came out and said, aha, I got you. That wasn't the Lord. That was me who bought you all these groceries. God didn't do anything. And the lady started to jump up and said, praise the Lord. He not only sent me all these groceries, but he made the devil paid for it. <laughs> I love this story because it so demonstrates that Whatever our beliefs are, whether we believe in a God that is doing stuff for us or we don't believe in such a God, um, faith is important. Faith can lead us, can guide us, can help us to walk our path. And faith can be so strong that sometimes we just have a very unique perspective on life, right? Thank you so much for the groceries and thank you for making the devil pay for it, right? It's such a, a light way of looking at it. Um, just a couple of days ago, I was watching a documentary on comedy, on comedians, and the report really talked about how comedy is just a very special way of looking at reality of life. The things that are often unspoken, the things we don't like to share. And often faith is for us not something that's very safe to share with many people, which is why a community such as ours is so important. So we can be among like-minded and we can feel a little safer to share that faith. There's another um, story that talks a little bit about faith and how we sometimes relate to faith in a very interesting way. In this story, a climber um, climbed up the mountain, and once he reached the summit, he got all his gear off, but as he was taking his gear off, he slipped and then fell off the cliff. And he tumbled down the cliff, and then just by chance of luck, he was able to hold on, grab onto a branch, and he was holding desperately onto the branch, but he was just hanging there all by himself, no safety gear, nothing. And then he shouted out, help me, help, help, is there anyone there? And a majestic voice sounded from the heavens and said, yes. Hello, I will help you, my son, but first you must have faith in me. He said, yes, 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 I trust you, I trust you, cried the man. And then the voice said, let go of the branch. There was a long pause, and then the man shouted up again, is there anyone else up there? <laughs> you know, when I saw this joke, and by the way, I had some help. I had a couple of people, staff, and that helped me finding some of those jokes, because sometimes it's really hard to get some good ones. And what I love this one, because it really illustrates something very important how sometimes we claim to have faith and then it work, doesn't work out the way we think it does. And what do we do? 
well, let's see if somewhere else we can make it happen, right? We're, we're looking for solutions, and then when we are given a solution and we don't like the solution, then we might want to go another way. Well, to be honest, who is to say whether letting go of the branch would have been the better thing or waiting for someone else? No one knows, right? Which reminds me of another story of a minister who just took on a new uh, parish in a, in a fairly remote uh, place that was kind of flood prone. And uh, so it would rain a lot and then streets would flood and you know, you kind of get stuck. Um, Elaine and I, you know, we came up here from Houston. So we lived in Houston for a while. So that would happen all the time. A little bit of rain, and then our street would flood. So this one time, there was really lots of rain coming down over and over again. It wouldn't stop. And so to the point where the waters actually started getting into the house and started getting up to the chest and all that, eventually the minister said, oh my God, I don't know what to do. So he climbed up on the roof. And then he did what he knew best. He started praying to God. He said, pray, you know, pray God, 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 please, please help me. Please save me. I don't want to drown. I don't want to die. I'm too young to die. And then as the waters are rising and rising, getting closer and closer to the roof, a neighbor came by in his canoe, because when you are in a flood-prone uh, uh, place, like we were in Houston, most people have kayaks and canoes to get out while they're waiting for the waters to go down. So here we go. The neighbor comes with a canoe and he said, hey, minister, pastor, come down. Um, I have a spot, I'll bring you to dry land. He said, no, 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 no needed. I, I have faith in God. Let me, uh, let me pray. And, you know, I prayed to God and it's all going to be fine. So the neighbor went on and then a little bit later, another neighbor a little further down the street came with a rowing boat and his family said, hey, pastor, pastor, come down. I have one more spot. I can bring you to safety. He said, no need. No need. I'm a pastor. I know how to pray. I can feel God. I can feel that God is saving me. And so he was still refusing to get off that roof. And then the waters rose and rose and rose. Eventually it was up to his chest. And then finally the rescue boat by the fire department came by. And there was plenty on the boat. And the firemen were shouting over there. and said, come on over. Swim over. We, we have plenty of space. No need, no need, I have faith in God. God will save me. Well, eventually the minister drowned, ended up at the pearly gates, and God himself you know, met the minister uh, at the pearly gates, and the minister was kind of peeved. And he said, you know what? I served you all my life. I took care of your flock. I prayed every day, multiple times a day. I did everything I could to serve you, and, um, and why didn't you save me? Why didn't you at least even try? Except, what do you mean I didn't try? I sent you a canoe, I sent you a rowboat, I sent you the rescue boat, right? How often do we behave like that? How often do we ask for something and then it's given to us, not in a way we expect, it's given to us in a different way. We may ask for something green, a green, beautiful sweater, but we get an orange 
uh, coffee mug. But it still creates the same kind of receiving and giving, the same kind of energy of love. How often do we ask for something and we're getting it all along, but we're refusing to take on what is given to us? And that's what this story reminds me um, of, you know, even myself, how often I'm asking for something very specific, but I'm so narrowly minded because I only want that. I only want my help in this particular way. And I have all these people around me that want to help me in a very different way, but that's not what I want. I want it just in that way. And yet, if I would be open to help from others, I may have may receive just what I need. So that's about faith, but there's more that we can talk about. For example, prosperity. In another story, an angel appears um, at the faculty meeting at the college, and at that meeting tells the dean, in return to your unselfish and exemplary behavior, the Lord will reward you with your choice of infinite wealth, wisdom, or beauty. The dean thought just for a little moment and said, well, give me your infinite wisdom. And the angel says, done, and then disappears in a cloud of smoke. Now, everyone else was kind of curious. All heads turned toward the dean and who sits there, and they can see the halo around his head, right? So he's this received this one wish, this one blessing, except say something brilliant. And the dean stands up with the poise of Socrates and says, I should have taken the money. <laughs> Another guy said to God, God, is it true that you, to you, a billion years is like a second? And God said, to the guy, yes. And then the guy asked again, God, is it true that to you a billion dollars is like a penny? And the God again said, yes. Then the guy asked, God, can I have a penny? <laughs> and God said, sure, in a second. You know, prosperity, uh, uh, Pamela Seibert, our licensed unity teacher, is currently teaching uh, the prosperity class. And I, I'm always amazed when I, you know, kind of peek into one of those TV um, shows like, uh, what's his name, Joel Goldsmith? Um, Goldstein. Goldstein, yeah, yeah. Whose father apparently um, brought, um, took on a lot from Howard Caesar from who is, was the unity minister in Houston. And, and so sometimes I listen to him in, about the prosperity gospel. There's uh, this movement of um, claiming that when you give our church this much, then you will get back this much. And it's such a transactional piece um, where, you know, give me $10, and some churches even do that, they say, give me $10 and then you will receive $100. And it's completely missing the point. 
the prosperity gospel misses the point of what prosperity is about. That's why I like this, uh, these jokes, because he points out to sometimes the desires that we have that when we are told something like that, that as long as you tithe to our church, you will always get, get a multiple back. Well, no one can guarantee you that, first of all. Even though I strongly believe in tithing and have years because it always worked for me, but to see it so transactionally is dangerous. Because what I've also learned over the years is as I practice in tithing, not only my treasure, but my talent, my time, I get so much back in ways I do not expect, which ties back into that story about the minister asking for help and not seeing that he has been gotten the help along, 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 all along. Because prosperity, I think, sometimes is our challenge to see that we live in an abundant world already. We just need to grasp it. And then, of course, we have miracles. Who doesn't like a miracle? This is now specific to a unity minister. A unity minister was once pulled over by a state trooper. And as he was rolling down the window and it was kind of giving him the license and registration, the, the state trooper could easily smell the breath, the alcoholic breath on the minister. And he said to the minister, and he also noticed that there was an empty wine bottle lying next on the passenger seat. So the trooper asked the, the unity minister, have you been drinking? And the minister said, just water then why do I swell wine? And the minister looks and says, good Lord, he's done it again. <laughs> this is a joke I think I received from our, uh, one of our congregants. I got to check. Um, do you know how you can make your own holy water? Uh, you boil the hell out of it. <laughs> Right? I got this from you, didn't I? Okay. I thought a congregant told me that, so that was, that was really wonderful. And, um, and, and, and then, you know, miracles about healing. There's a, there was a congregant that once asked the pastor, 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 I'm so desperate. I need you to pray for my hearing. Please pray for my hearing. And the pastor took his hands and he put it around his ears and he had this most wonderful, affirmative unity prayer. And oh, you are healing and wholeness and your hearing is going to returning and all that. And it was the most wonderful prayer and the entire congregation, you know, they all went in and all that. And, and once the, 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 the prayer was opened, the pastor, the minister asked, so, so how's your hearing? And the congregant said, well, I don't know. It's not until next Tuesday. <laughs> so we often ask for prayers in a very specific way. And one of the things I absolutely adore about unity is how we obviously take on 
whatever the prayer is, whatever people want to have a prayer for. But then we do something really beautiful. And our prayer chaplains are trained to do that, and ministers and licensed unity teachers and unity are trained to do that. They take that ask and turn it into an affirmation, an affirmation of truth, an affirmation, a reminder of who and what we truly are. This is not to ignore the actual ask, but to remind whoever is asking for prayer that, okay, we get it, there's currently a challenge, but even beyond that challenge, you are powerful, you are graceful, you are God expressing in this world, and because of that, you have access to infinite potential to everything. And I always love when we get to remind uh, each other and our congregants of that fact. That whether it's prosperity, where we ask for healing, we just simply remind each other that that healing power, just as Myrtle Fillmore heard from E.B. Weeks, I am a child of God and I do not inherit sickness. That we have the power within us and that the uh, it's not a greater blessing for a minister, or a licensed unity teacher, or a prayer chaplain, whoever gets to pray with you, to remind all of us, not just you. That's why we say we pray with you, because it's a prayer that we do with you. It's not for you, it's with you. We pray with you to remind all of us of our uh, divinity and the greatness that's already within. And if we're feeling down a little bit, if we're hard on ourselves, it's not because we're separate from God. It's not because we're doing something wrong. It's just a momentary glitch, right? Just a moment where we forget, where we say the light is over there, and for a moment we just turn around and we just don't notice it. But the light is still there. We can just turn back around and just see it. In fact, the light is all around us. We just need to open our eyes. So if we ever need to go to a hearing, um, you know now, you can come to me and I'll place my hands on your ears. And <laughs> I love that one. And finally, one of the most important things, I think, before we um, close today and move into meditation is to learn to listen closely, to, to listen deeply to each other. Um, I just... Uh, was away for a few days and I was uh, working, I'm still working on my PhD and I was mentoring uh, counseling students, professional counseling students, how to be with clients and how to be an effective counselor. And one of the most important things for us to teach those students is to learn to listen because all the clients that we ever see as professional counselors, they already get advice. They already get all these different things that they're supposed to do, but they hardly ever get a chance to just say what's on, the, on their hearts and on their minds. And that's something also that uh, our Unity friends are learning and practicing is when they make those calls to you, the comfort calls, the pastoral care calls, 
that the primary purpose is to listen. Because if we listen, that creates a feeling of being heard. And if we're being heard, that means that we all get to share actually who and what we are. And we don't have to pretend that we are something that we are not. And so listening is very important. And one example of listening is, uh, comes from the Bible study. And as I was reading this story, I was just thinking of our own Bible study. But in this one here, um, the leader of the Bible study asked the congregant um, to pray in, which is often the case in a, in a study group like that. And so uh, Walt was his name, so Walt would get really quiet, as many of us do when we pray, right? We get a little bit quiet, we have a little bit of softer voice, so he would just gently and softly start his prayer. And then one of the other attendees, who was a little bit hard of hearing, said, hey, could you just speak up a little bit? I can't hear you. And Walt replied, I wasn't talking to you. Oh. <clears throat> In another instance, you know, if you didn't know this, the pastors and ministers, they love feedback. Did you know that? They love feedback. And in this particular case, this is um, probably true, uh, a pastor got a letter just before, a little envelope, just before he was stepping onto to give his sermon. And he was quickly opening that envelope, and then there was a card there that said in big, bold letters, FOOL. F-O-O-L, fool. So the pastor said, well, the sender signed the letter, but didn't really write anything else. And I don't know if I should have probably started out with that one, and that's just before we start our meditation, but I think, um, let me just see if I have it. Um, do you know the difference between a pessimist and an optimist? A pessimist says, things are only, uh, now I mess it up. <laughs> things cannot get any worse anymore. And the pessimist said, yes, of course they can. <laughs> All right, so this was a little bit of an excursion in how we can marry some of the spiritual principles with a little bit of laughter, and hopefully you noticed some of the things that we probably all do, and we shouldn't beat ourselves up over it. We should just um, smile at it and just say, oh, well, you know, here I am. I have another chance to do it differently. And um, hopefully this will uh, bring you some joy over the next few weeks as we move into Holy Week. And with that being said, let's Take a few minutes in meditation.
take a moment and close your eyes if that's comfortable. If not, just lower your gaze about two to three feet in front of you. And allow yourself to settle into not only your humanness, but also that spiritual part of yourself. Relax your shoulders, just relax your neck, just make sure you're comfortable. Don't worry too much about poses or postures, just be comfortable. And if you can, just soften your jar, just unlock it if it's clenched. Just give it a little bit of a softness to it and see if it can even smile. Just very slightly, just give it a smile. Smile at yourself, smile at the world. And even if you don't feel like it right now, even if there's something that's going on with you and it's bothering you, it's taking you to a dark place, try to still be relaxed, not to deny what's going on, but to embrace what else is there as well. Your gentle smile is a sign of beauty. You smile at yourself despite all the challenges in this world. You smile at those parts that are light and you smile at those parts that are dark. This is an action, an expression of God's grace. This is how we can take this infinite power of grace and apply it to ourselves. And notice as you smile at yourself how everything in your body starts to feel happier, kinder, gentler. You can even envision your individual cells of your body just jumping around in joy, having an invisible smile on themselves and running through your body and doing their thing, repairing it, taking care of it letting it grow, letting it settle, replacing what needs to be replaced. And now take that inner smile 
and turn it outward. Think of a Buddhist monk who is just sitting there with a gentle smile on their face. A Buddhist monk, a Buddhist nun, or anyone who is just sitting in absolute contentment. That is you right now. So you take that inner smile, that inner contentment, and move it outward with your mind and heart finding that perfect balance and harmony. You express it outward into this world, into this room, the city, the state, the country, the world, the universe. No limitations. And take that smile and allow others to see it. Take your masks off. Take your protections off so they can truly see that gentle and kindness that is within you. No words are needed. No gestures are needed. Just a way of being, and that is you. God, grace in perfect expression. And whatever challenges that are within you or outside of you, whatever needs to be fixed in the world or is wrong, all the wars and the disasters, we're smiling not because we're laughing, but we're smiling because we care. Our empathy, our compassion reaches out. An expression of love and kindness for ourselves and others. And with that lightness that you may feel today, Move forward into today and every day for the next few days and weeks to come. As much as our practice, our spiritual practice is important, the lightness around it is just as well. Our path toward awakening to salvation, to resurrection, to enlightenment. So let us then give thanks to who and what we are and what we contribute to this community and beyond. Let us give thanks for each other for the way we are with each other and what we show to each other, the greatness and the challenges at the same time. Let us give thanks and be grateful for the unity 
that is here, whether in person or online. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org. 